You're listening to the Soul Strategies Podcast with your host, Z. Cohen Sanchez. We hope you enjoy the latest episode and thanks for tuning in. Hi, Facebook and later Instagram and later everywhere else. Uh, as usual, I'm going to give it a couple minutes for folks to jump on and share this out. So I think that, you know, I like to take the time at the beginning in every episode here to just lay out once again what we do, who we are, all that stuff. So for those of you guys who listen to us already, sorry if this is boring, um, but necessary. So, um, you know, my name's Z. I'm the director here at Soul Strategies. We have an awesome team here at Soul Strategies, and we are expanding every single day. It's really amazing. Um, what do we do? So we help progressives, progressive candidates. Um, I don't actually really like to use the word progressive anymore because I feel like it's been a little bit co-opted. Um, but what we do is we help no corporate money candidates uh, fundraise. We help them with their field operations, with their digital operations. But really the main thing that we do now is helping these no corporate money candidates to outraise their incumbents. Because let's face it, if you're running a no corporate money campaign, you need to be able to fund that. Um, and that's exactly what we do. We know exactly how to help you to get that money and to not get it from dirty places that you shouldn't be getting it from, like Amazon and Walmart and some of these really terrible corporations that, you know, you just, again, you shouldn't be taking money from for obvious reasons. A lot of people will also ask me, you know, what, you know, I actually just had somebody ask me this, like, what is, like, why no corporate money candidates? Like, why is that the thing? Like, why, why don't you just help progressives, even if they do take corporate money? I mean, who really cares, right? They have to get funded somehow. And, you know, personally and morally, I, I just disagree with that. I think that if you are taking corporate money, I don't think that any money is free. I'm not naive enough to think that, you know, Amazon is just going to go ahead and give you a whole bunch of money for your campaign and not ask you to go ahead and vote for things that they need later down the line. Um, and the real issue that we have in this country, guys, is that we're at a point right now where corporations literally own our elections. Um, they, they own our politicians. And so we need to get more folks like Bernie Sanders in office. We need to get more folks like AOC in office. And really the only way that we can do that is if we run movement campaigns, if we stop people from wanting to take this corporate money and let them know that you can absolutely raise this money yourself. You don't need to sell out to big corporations um, and, and you shouldn't because your community needs you. If you're running for any other reason other than to serve your community, you're not running for the right reasons. This job, The job that you are signing up for is a public servant's job. Um, and if you don't wanna be a public servant, then you shouldn't be running for office. Um, so that's the reason why, that's the reason why we help no corporate money candidates because they are the reason they are the life, the lifeblood of, of our movement. And we need to give them the support to help them get elected. So today we're going to be talking about, uh, something very specific, but something really awesome, um, uh, movement versus centrist campaigns, right? What is a movement campaign? What is a centrist campaign? How do you run them? What do you, you know, all of these questions, right? And if you're a newcomer, particularly, you're going to have a lot of questions around this. And that's why I am doing this live so that if you have questions, I can answer it in real time. Um, and then also, if you are just generally curious about what the differences are here, I'm going to give you a really good overview of that today. So 
let's start with centrist campaigns. How are centrist campaigns run? What are the purpose? All of the, those other pieces. So when we're talking about a centrist campaign, right, this is somebody normally who takes corporate money, all the time takes corporate money, um, and they usually have like a pretty big base of folks that are supporting them, right? And that's usually because they've raised all this money in previous elections. And so they have this ginormous war chest of millions of dollars where they have been able to get their message out, right? So they've sent mailers, they've done all of these things. Their community knows who they are simply because they've raised all of this money um, and, and not just been able to get themselves elected, but been able to build this name recognition for themselves. So really in a centrist campaign, particularly if they're an incumbent, there really isn't much that they need to do uh, in terms of building out a really intense ground game or in terms of building out, you know, a huge volunteer structure. I mean, those things really aren't that necessary for centrist incumbents because they, again, they don't need it. They don't need to um, you know, go and tell their neighbors about who they are because they've already gotten all the mailers. They've been in, most of these folks have been in office for many, many years. Normally their families have been um, in office as well. And so they're just generally more well known. So the things that they're gonna do are they're gonna send out a mailer because that's super easy. Um, they're gonna buy up a ton of ad time. Like this is the thing that centrists love to do because it's super easy, right? You don't need to have a giant volunteer program or any of these things that are really what we call like heavy lifts, right? You don't need to have those things to run a centrist campaign. You can just go ahead, call up the local TV station, call up some of the radio stations, cable TV, especially if they're taking money from Comcast. I mean, for sure, Comcast is gonna open up every slot for them, right? So they're just gonna buy up all of this ad time and essentially that's how they're gonna run their campaign. They're gonna get out the word by their mailers, their ad time. Um, some of the other things that they'll do is like, you know, sometimes they'll do just like literature drops because they're super, again, they're really low lift. So they don't have to, you know, they'll pay somebody, you know, a couple bucks an hour to just go out there, drop out literature on doors. Um, you know, sometimes they will have field programs, but usually they're only going to have field programs if they feel threatened by the person that, that are running against them. Right. So, as I said, generally speaking, there's not gonna be really heavy lifts going on. And they, they do that on purpose because the thing is, is that when you are running a movement type of campaign and you have these heavy lifts, they can be enormously expensive. And the return on investment, if you're an incumbent centrist Democrat that takes a lot of corporate money, chances are you probably don't wanna get into a whole lot of conversations because you don't want people to know the nitty gritty details about what's happening, right? Um, so if you do have a field program, uh, you know, it's not gonna be in your best interest. Uh, you're not gonna have the most relevant talking points. Again, sometimes they, centrists will have field programs, but really it's only going to be if they're threatened by the person that is running against them. So just keep that in mind, is that a lot of ad time, that, that's where primarily where their money is going is into ad time. And ad time is significantly expensive. And so it makes sense for them to, to do that because again, low lift for them, they don't have to do anything. And it's something that's easily accessible. They can just put a couple million dollars into ad time. And generally speaking, they will reach their audience. <clears throat> but when they're reaching their audience, their audience is getting a very specific message about who they are, right? It's about, what, 30 seconds max? 
and there's no conversation with constituents happening. There's no sort of area in which they can screw up, right? So it's actually, it's, it's really low risk for them as well in that, in that sense is that they're not going to be questioned. It's not like they're going on a, you know, getting interviewed or something like that, where something could potentially come out. So that's, that's just really popular. It's a really popular tactic. Um, when we talk about movement campaigns, you know, we run a very different type of campaign. Movement campaigns are exactly how they sound. They're movements. They're people-powered movements. And so people-powered movement campaigns are just structured entirely differently. We are raising money in movement campaigns really for one thing specifically. We're doing it so that we can run a really big field program. Why? Why do we need to run big field programs? Great question. We need to run big field programs because we need to have conversations with our constituents about the issues that are actually happening here, right? We can't just buy up a 30 second ad and, and explain why they should be voting for a newcomer. Sometimes we can do that, especially when we get later into the election, there are opportunities where once we've talked to enough people and we've built that movement and there's a lot of supporters, that of course we can go and buy ad time, right? And it's actually suggested that we should buy ad time. But the ad time is not going to replace the work that we have to do on the ground. It's just not. There's no way to replace that work. One of the things that I tell people when I'm working with them is that there are no shortcuts to good organizing. You can't just sort of wake up and say, you know, I want to run a movement campaign and I'm going to go do this like really low level lift sort of activities. It's not, it's just not going to work. Um, and I wish that it did. I wish that it wasn't such a heavy lift, but the reality is, is that we have to get our boots on the ground. The reason why we're called called soul strategies is because we believe that we you have to wear your souls thin to be able to run a campaign like we run it, to be able to run a movement campaign. And so that's exactly what we're doing is that we're fundraising to have these massive field programs so that we can get out and we can talk to every constituent about why is it so important that we get corporate money out of politics? Why is it so important that we get a newcomer in that isn't beholden to special interests? If we don't have those conversations, we're not gonna be able to build the movement that we want and get the support that we want. And so I know that there are a lot of people out there that you know they, they want to be you know the next AOC. They wanna be the next Bernie Sanders, Ilhan Omar, folks like this. But really, if you look at what these folks did, is that they did not take shortcuts. Bernie Sanders didn't wake up one day and say, I'm gonna run for president of the United States. Bernie Sanders started his campaigning in a public housing development in the, lawn, in the laundry room of public housing developments, talking to people about why we need to get corporate money out of politics. He sat in laundry rooms, guys, waiting for people to come in and do their laundry so that he could have a conversation with them about why this is critical. And what happened was word spread, right? So those folks knew people that started to talk about who this you know, random crazy socialist um, from Vermont was, right? And the fact, you know, I think at that time that Bernie was running for mayor of Burlington. And so, you know, he was able to, as I said, to get out the word by starting his organizing in public housing laundry facilities and working his way out into the community that way. And that's exactly what we believe that you need to do as well. So when people say things like, 
Oh, I, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to get on the phone and ask people for money because of COVID or because people can't afford it. You know, the people that were asking for money aren't large corporations. These are regular everyday people that want to hear from, from you that want to be represented. Nobody wants to have represent poor representation. They're waiting for people like you to step up and represent them. And so I always sort of get weird when people say, you know, I don't like to get on the phone and, and ask people for money. It's not all, it's not, you're not getting on the phone necessarily to ask people for money. Yes, that's a part of it. That's, that's going to be part of the conversation, but you need to be having an in-depth conversation with that person about what, not just why you're the best candidate, but about the issues that we're having in this country and about how the political system has let us down as working class Americans. If you don't have that conversation, if you just get on the phone and you're like, hey, how's it going? I need a hundred bucks for my reelection campaign or my election. They're going to hang up on you and they should <laughs> because that isn't what fundraising is about. Fundraising for us is very different. It's about connecting with the community. It's about figuring out what those issues are and speaking to those issues and really believing it, not just saying it because you want to get elected, right? Saying it because you really truly believe that we need to change this country and that you think that you're the right person to be held accountable and to do that work, right? And so again, you know, you're, when we're building people powered movements, we have to start somewhere. Like Bernie didn't wake up one day, as I said, and, and decide to run for president of the United States. He woke up one day and he realized that I can do more for my community right here at home. And that's exactly what I'm going to do. Right. And same thing with people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilhan Omar. I mean, none of these people just like walked into, um, you know, these, these people powered movements. They were created from the bottom up. They were created by them going to people, having those to work its way out to build those huge ground games that we need. If you're going to build a big ground game, guys, if you want to have a huge volunteer program, you need to get people excited about what you're doing. And to get people excited about what you're doing, you need to prove viability. And the way that you prove viability is one in your fundraising and two in the work and having those community conversations, right? I have somebody right now that we're working with. We're working with 13 incredible candidates. And one of those people is making over 200 calls a day, right? They haven't made a lot of money yet because there's a lot of different reasons why. I mean, I, you know, I don't want to go into the details, but there's a lot of reasons outside of their control of why they aren't raising hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? They are making some money and they're doing well. But for them, they actually said to me the other day, or they, they told our group that, it isn't about the dollar amount at the end of the day. When he's done making those calls at the end of the day, he feels really good because he knows that he's connected with people in his community that are going to change the whole trajectory of the next, not just his race in the next two years, but the trajectory of the country. He's talking with people that he is getting inspired to organize. And that's exactly what building PP power movements Sorry, everybody, we had some tech difficulties there, but I just wanted to finish this up. Thankfully, it happened at the end of the video, so not a big deal. Um, just wanted to say, you know, this is what uh, People Powered Movements is all about, right? Is that, you know, he is picking up the phone and making those calls, knowing that 
even if he doesn't get the donation, he is building power. And that's exactly what we need to be doing is we need to be building power. So if you are in a situation right now, you know, where you're thinking about running for office, where you think that you are the right person in your community to do this work, then you need to be starting to build out your people-powered movement now. Um, you know, as I said, this isn't like a centrist campaign. It isn't one of those things that you can just, you know, raise a couple million dollars, put all your money into ads, and then that's it, you're off the hook. No, it's a lot deeper than that. It's a lot more intense than that. And we need to actually get out there and do that work. So if you think that you're the right fit for this, we know how to build these people power movements and we will help you absolutely get there. You need to fundraise first. And that was another point I wanted to make before my sound got choppy there, um, is that People-powered movements are a lot more expensive campaigns to run than centrist campaigns, believe it or not. Why? Because you need to be able to have a huge field program, which costs a lot of money. Getting out and talking to neighbors, while most people think that's free, it's not free. You need to have your volunteer coordinators. Those people need to be paid. You need to have your field directors. You need to have material, union printed. Unions only, guys. Um, you need to have your union material uh, to be able to, to to get out there on doorsteps, right? All of these things cost a lot of money. Um, these operations are not free, and they're definitely not cheap. So if you want to have these large field op operations, if you want to have a field operation like Bernie Sanders, like Beto had, like AOC had, they take money. And so we are going to teach you how to raise that money and we're going to raise it with you. Um, and so if you have any interest in this, if this is something that sounds like you could do it, uh, we want to work with you and we want to talk with you. So give us a call. Um, you can go on our website right now. It's soul-strategies.com. Go ahead. Uh, you can book your 15-minute call right there on the website and somebody on staff will get back to you with your appointment time within 24 hours. So guys, um, I've had a lot of fun today talking with you guys about centrist versus movement campaigns. We're going to be talking more about this in depth as things go on. Um, we're going to get more down into the nitty gritty. We're going to talk about, you know, different topics, different strategies, all the all those sorts of fun things. So if any of that is of interest to you, please continue to follow the podcast. Um, also, one of the things I would love to ask you guys is that if you are listening to our podcast, uh, it would mean the world to us if you would just go ahead and put a review on it. Um, you know, I read all of the reviews. People on our staff read the reviews. It is really important to us as we continue to grow uh, that we get you know, that we see some support. So we'd love for you guys to just, you know, put your star review, whatever that is, put a little comment in there about things that you would like to hear from us, uh, about topics that you enjoyed so we can give you more of that. Um, all of this feedback is really, really, really helpful. So thank you guys again and looking forward to seeing you again next week.